0: Hi everyone, welcome to Luxury Voices, the podcast about the luxury world in Asia with a focus on the greater China market. I am Joanne Tang, your host, founder and CEO of Infinite Luxury Group. In this podcast, we converse about all layers and segments of luxury, from lifestyle, travel, to hospitality trends. I will interview key players of the luxury industry from all corners of the globe. We will talk about their initiatives and experiences in conquering the Asian luxury consumer. Discover how leading luxury executives handle this growing market, where luxury spending is the highest in the world, and gain a wealth of knowledge to harness this ever-promising luxury market. Founded by Ori Caffrey and his father Jonathan Caffrey, JK Place is famous for its unparalleled focus on guest experience. This unique collection of Italian luxury boutique hotels has three locations. In Capri, Rome and Paris. Launched in 2008, JK Place made its grand debut in a historical structure, just off Florence Piazza Santa Maria Novella in 2003. With just 20 stylish rooms and a residential vibe that is rare to come by in the standardized world of hospitality. The name is an homage to his father, Jonathan Caffrey, Aka JK, and the properties are in one word, exquisite. Filled with original artworks, custom, furnishing, and designed down to the tiniest detail, Ori's projects throughout Italy and France are utterly singular. Ori, it's a great pleasure to have you here on Luxury Voices. How have you been, Ori? Uh,
1: Fantastic. Thank you for having me with you. Uh, I'm really pleased to speak with you. Thank you. It's a
0: pleasure having you here with us. Before we start the core of our conversation, what does the word luxury mean to you, Ori? What does
1: it mean? It means a lot and it means nothing. The word (laughs) luxury have so many different uh, definitions, so different meaning uh, to people and to each one of us uh, in different parts of the world. Once I hear someone saying, if you are in the desert and you're thirsty, a glass of water would be (laughs) the biggest luxury you can have. Then usually we say that luxury its time because time you can't really buy and uh you cannot go back in time and you can and you have to spend it in the best possible way and um luxury is uh, limited luxury is uh one of a kind uh is sophistication at the end of the day it's probably love passion uh people that you care about uh, it's it's your life so it's really one of a kind
0: thank you for sharing ori. <laughs> You fell in love with hospitality during your business school when you took an internship in Florence, your hometown. Can you share with us what this experience instilled in you? Yeah, for sure.
1: It was uh, not the Lungarno hotels, which is still very close to my heart because uh, that's where I discover the architect, Michele Bonan, who was our mm-hmm. designer from the very first hotel. He was the first designer of the Lungarno o- hotels in Florence. Uh, my real internship was uh, at the hotel called Elvezia in Bristol. And ah. then the second one, which was the San Regis in the Excelsior in Florence. So both cities, I mean, both hotels, well, all of the hotels uh, part of my hometown. And it was really special. I really felt in love with the hospitality by having the possibility to work in my city. I actually probably applied to this uh, tourism uh, hospitality school by dreaming on doing internship in some amazing island in the Maldives. Or in Polynesia, <laughs> I was already dreaming <laughs> to be somewhere uh, lying on the beach uh, under a palm tree and relaxing. That's what my but first, you end uh, up uh, in
0: your hometown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I end up to stay in my hometown. Who knows why? But actually, it was uh, the best uh, choice. Because uh, I learned, I started to discover my city uh, to understand how beautiful and uh, reward it was to sit behind uh, a desk uh, welcoming people and introduce them uh, to Florence uh, to let them discover the street, uh, the restaurant, the people the small gelato ice cream place, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the nice uh, T-shirt maker, all the little things uh, which, you know, Florence is very much about uh, handicraft, about uh, artisan, it's about people. And it's uh, like an open-air museum. So people would come back and uh, express all the gratitude and the appreciation for being in your city. And it was really nice to be the host. And this uh, relationship, this... uh, Exchange of uh, can I say of energy between uh, the operator and the guest uh, was really an amazing, um, I can say, satisfaction an amazing uh, reward. Uh, the feeling was was unique, and I I really enjoyed it, and I felt oh I love to give service uh, uh, to people, and it's really a service industry the one that I'm working in, and yes, so it was the start of my journey into the hotel business.
0: Great, yes. Florence is a beautiful city, very special, and I like keep on coming back to this beautiful place. You have said that you were inspired by the hospitality world when discovering boutique hotels, such as the Blake's Hotel in London, Hotel Helvetia, and Bristol in Florence. What is it that inspired you in those hotels? Well, the, at that time, there
1: was uh, one of the very few, well, internet was just uh, uh, starting. Uh, I opened the hotel in Florence, it was 2003. So the mm-hmm. old project of uh, JK started around the 2000, 2001. So internet was just uh, in the very first uh, beginning. Uh, so you still were looking at books. And uh, mm-hmm. there was <laughs> this book uh, called uh, Hippotels. Uh, yes, Highly Individual Places by Harper Hipman, the photographer. And uh, he made an amazing uh, collection of uh, hotels that were specials. Uh, a hotel with a lot of personality. And in this book, I could find uh, the, my favorite one at that time, which was Hotel 717, a fantastic guest house in Amsterdam. But then, yes, Hotel Blake's in London, which was uh, the very first boutique hotel ever designed by this fantastic woman, Anushka Hempel Hotel, uh, Cost in Paris, uh, but also the Four Seasons in New York, or also some other big hotels. It was a combination, a collection of places who have a strong identity and big personality. And so this was very inspiring uh, to me because I was able to go and see hospitality from different uh, perspective, Uh, not only from the hotel management side and not only also from the design point of view, but it's a combination of uh, passion, again, vision, and you can be also in a very interesting place if it's a, it's a four season with 200 rooms in uh, in New York, but also the seven rooms of 717 in Amsterdam, which is really mm-hmm. a guest house. Same mm-hmm. could be part of the same experience uh, of the same uh, character. And this inspired me uh, a lot because I saw how people can uh, create uh, hotels uh, from completely different uh, perspective and uh, aspect point of view.
0: Yes, and uh, we laugh about when we hear the word books. But myself, I have on my nightstand uh, quite a few books, and I think people should keep on reading books to inspire themselves. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, we love uh, books. It's uh, it makes you feel uh, at home. It's one of the things that we we started from the very first beginning in uh, in all our hotels uh, to have libraries and to keep books uh, around which for us it's normal, but people when they arrive and they see the books, they get relaxed.
0: (laughs) There is something
1: uh, um, interesting between uh, the view, the feel, the idea of the book and the idea of home. I don't know exactly why is it, but people appreciate and they feel comfortable when they are in a living room surrounded by books, maybe some candles, uh, some uh, cashmere blankets, uh, Mm -hmm. some nice uh, pillows. It gave a sense of uh, hospitality, of warmth, of uh, coziness, of uh, being in a place that you feel uh, comfortable for some reason.
0: Yes. And I liked how you described uh, those hotels. You were saying strong identity, a big personality. And it could be a, a small boutique hotel or even a big international hotel. They all can be uh, very unique on its own uh, by the character itself and as well the uh, design. Yeah. Yes.
1: If I think about the Hotel uh, Delano in Miami, uh, still mm-hmm. today, after 25 years, to me, I have one of a kind of energy when I walk into the lobby. And maybe mm-hmm. the rooms uh, are not uh, what I dream of, but yeah. the lobby, the entrance, to me, it's still extremely vibe. It's uh, fantastic, difficult even to uh, express what is my feeling when I walk in, but mm-hmm. it's really sensational and it's a big hotel.
0: Let's uh, speak about your hotels. JK Places are very singular, and the group is famous for its unparalleled focus on guest experience. For our listeners, can you tell us about the brand DNA and how do you achieve such a level of service reputation, Ori?
1: Well, when I was visiting this small hotel in Amsterdam, the 717, many, many years Mm -hmm. ago, uh, I walked in uh, without a reservation, without uh, an invitation, without calling before. I just uh, passed by, I ringed the bell, and I was welcomed uh, in. Uh, the gentleman showed me the hotel, showed me the picture of the hotel before the renovation. Uh, he seated me down, he gave me a map of Amsterdam, he gave me a tea with some cookies. Then it was <laughs> raining, he gave me an umbrella, and I asked for the check. And he said, oh, no, 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 you are my guest. Say why I, I mean, but I just consume, I just spend, or say we are a small hotel, we cannot uh, spend money in advertising, but I can definitely offer a cup of tea or a cup of coffee to someone who is interested in our hotel, and uh, definitely this could be a guest uh, for the future. So we need to invest uh, on the people. Actually, this gentleman, Hank Delukt, which was the manager of this hotel, uh, two years after. When Mm -hmm. I opened the hotel in Florence, uh, I welcomed him for six months. He was traveling back and forth from Florence and Amsterdam to teach me to my staff how to be so genuinely uh, hospitable and such a nice uh, host, because it's really coming from the heart. It's Mm -hmm. not coming from anywhere else. You just need to be uh, kind and generous. Mm -hmm. So uh, in our small hotels, the only way for us to succeed is to focus uh, all our attention, all our love versus the guest. Mm -hmm. And and they are becoming our ambassador because the Mm. day after when they're walking out of the hotel, uh, they will uh, tell to their best friends or eventually on social media today and strip advisor and all this, they will share uh, their experience. So that's how we we feel i mean we feel that the guest is the most important and uh, we love to take care of him when i was doing my internship and it's uh, interesting to me that a lot of the things that are still today 20 years after the dna of the brand all kind of thing that i uh, learned or experienced myself when i was uh, uh, much younger as a student (laughs) i do remember that in big hotels which is completely normal, and I understand the way of working, but it's not mine, okay? So you have 200 rooms hotel, and then you have a VIP list. In the VIP, you have different categories of VIP. VIP 1, mm-hmm. VIP 2, VIP 3. That's right. It depends, depends if you are American Express Platinum or American Express Imperium <laughs> or if you are president of certain company, if you are CEO of some other company, or if you are friend of the friend. depends. You have different VIP codes. Now, the guests who are VIP code, I'm sure they will get a fantastic uh, welcome, a nice treatment, a nice upgrade, a nice uh, basket of fruit in the room, personal welcome by the general manager. They will be recognized by name and last name, and they, everyone <laughs> will be very aware from where they're coming from, where they're going, because they're part of the family, because they're, they're VIPs. Yes. But generally speaking, it will be... How about maybe the
0: non-VIPs? <laughs>
1: exactly. So... When we are talking about the 10, 15, maybe 20% of the guests staying in a big hotel, it's fantastic. The other, unfortunately, they cannot manage because the hotel is too big. So they became more of a number, more than a person. Aye. Now, in my hotels, I cannot do this uh, concept based on 10 or 20% <laughs> of my hotel guests. I have to do it on 100% because I only have 20 rooms, 30 rooms, 40 rooms. They are small hotels. So this way, if I approach everyone from the first to the last at the VIP, I'm not going to make anyone disappointed. I don't have to call my GM or my hotel staff to say, oh, please take extra good care of this person. It's not necessary because I know that every hotel guest will be treated in the best Mm -hmm. possible uh, way. So in a way, I can say it's a sort of a, not of a trick, but uh, the approach is uh, we don't have VIP guests because we want all of our guests to be VIP. And we can do it only because we have a a limited number of rooms that allowed us uh, to really create this relationship with uh, with our hotel guests. I usually compare JK Place to a tailor who does a bespoke made-to-measure suit. And when you have all the big hotel brands, Four Seasons, Mandarin, Rosewood, who are fantastic, it's more like... uh, Christian Dior, uh, Chanel, Hermes, it's a, they're amazing, uh, mm. but they are uh, chain, they're big, they're worldwide, and uh, it would never be like a tailor in several rows <laughs> who does a bespoke uh, suit for you. Cannot be. I mean, it's just a different approach. So I will remain with a small number of uh, <laughs> of hotels. It would be more of an organic growth, and uh, we hope to, to build more uh, hotels, but we cannot compare. And it is not even right to compare. Of you know, the tailor with a big uh, fashion brand uh, and the uh, JK to a big uh, hotel brand, in a way, so.
0: Yes, that's very smart, you know, that, that you turn yourself, let's say, into a tailor. And I like that everyone that uh, checks in, uh, JK Place, is a VIP. <laughs> and I can see as well uh, the uh, typical Dutch hospitality, the tea and cookies the umbrella when it rains which uh, it does very often because i'm as well from uh, the netherlands from holland <laughs> so i i understand that uh, dutch hospitality but great story thank you ori you're welcome it is an understatement to say that last 18 months have been challenging for the hotel industry italy was one of the first countries to be hit by the pandemic how is the situation now ori
1: the situation now is uh, definitely much, uh, much, much, much better. Last summer, we had a little window of uh, two or three months of a sunny summer where European uh, travel uh, back to, to Italy. Then we were hit by the second waves. Uh, now finally, people are getting uh, vaccinated. So the whole system is changing in, in Europe and also in Italy. And in the last uh, three, four weeks, we finally saw North Americans, actually mostly uh, American people, able to travel to, to Europe uh, and, to, and to Italy as well. But still, big part of the world uh, is not uh, allowed yet to travel freely overseas, so it will take a little bit of time before we see tourism uh, back uh, to or where it was uh, uh two years ago of course we have more european we have more italians uh, travelling to, to italy uh but it's in a way we have to be patient uh, it is not a process that will uh, i mean it will take a little bit of time but it's definitely we can see the light uh, <laughs> the famous light at the end of the of the tunnel
0: yeah. yes the famous light as you say JK place Paris your latest property and the first outside of Italy was open late 2019 before France took drastic measures for hotels and restaurants how have you managed the last 18 months in this property
1: I felt uh, lucky uh, that uh, I opened the hotel before the pandemic Just because I love to be optimistic. Uh, In fact, I was really late in my opening, but uh, if I was on time with my opening, maybe I would get the terrorist attack. I would get the yellow vest in Paris and now we get also the pandemic. So I would be really in a very bad situation. So just to to dramatize, to make make it, you know, try to be positive and say, okay, the pandemic is. uh, the best <laughs> that could have uh, happened compared to what unfortunately happened before to paris so we have to be just uh, again uh, try to be to be positive you know th- th- a big thank you it's really to the staff in paris to to our gm to our food and beverage uh, manager uh, people that's uh, been uh, uh, staying in in, in paris uh, before the opening of the hotel during the unfortunate uh, uh, closing down of the, uh, of the of the hotel at the end, uh, as I said, it's hospitality, it's service, it's based on on, on people. So, yes, we have the beautiful hotels, the nice design, uh, everything must be in the right place. Uh, people know that when they travel to these places, they want to find a certain comfort, quality, design. But then these beautiful boxes will be without uh, a soul uh, if the people who are working uh, in these hotels are not really special and not giving... Uh, the right uh, energy in uh, approaching and welcoming uh, the people. So it's a big thank you to, to the staff in, in Paris. We reopened the hotel finally the 1st of June, so uh, six weeks ago. And uh, we are right now the only uh, leading hotel of the world on the left bank in Paris. Mm-hmm. We are in a very uh, nice, uh, very special location. And uh, and we saw from day one that the locals really loved to come uh, for lunch, for dinner, for drinks uh, in our in our hotel, in our restaurant, and that's uh, foreigners and travelers from the U.S. but also European. Uh, they are very much uh, you know, followers <laughs> uh, of, of of J.K. and they give us uh, uh, trust on our new. Uh, location, our new opening. So we're working uh, quite well, and I'm very pleased with that. And of course, the last 18 months have been extremely uh, difficult. But it was difficult for everyone. So people understand that at the end of the day, it's a relationship between people, companies, and suppliers. So it was uh, everyone understand and knew that it's something that unfortunately isn't when you are in the in this particular business, there is nothing you can do. Uh, so we are in tourism. Restaurants are closed. Hotels are closed. We have to be patient for a few months and then things will be back to, to normal.
0: Yes, I guess uh, the key elements to survive this pandemic is really staying positive, as you said. And then among uh, people, between people, the collaboration, the support, the communication, understanding and patience is very uh, important. And I can't wait to visit your uh, property in Paris once uh, all borders reopen. I'd like to uh, see the property. Among the three hotels, JK Place Rome may have been the least impacted by the pandemic, thanks to its prime location and reopening before other luxury hotels in town. Can you explain what it took to reopen and what you have learned in that process?
1: So, the hotel in in Rome uh, was actually only closed when the first wave uh, hit Italy between Mm. March and uh, June. Uh, So, for these two, three months where all Italy was in this red zone where you were not even allowed to go to the supermarket. So, of course, everything was closed. Right after, as soon as there was this window, this opportunity to open again, because of our small dimension of being a 27 rooms, uh, we were more flexible compared to big hotels in terms of staffing, in terms of accommodation, opening clothing at big hotels. It's much different than uh, a nice <laughs> uh, big uh, guest house in a way. So we we learned to operate this hotel with much less uh, staff, with much less room occupied by giving to our guests the uh, same uh, warm uh, uh, welcome following uh, all the standards uh, of leading hotel and not only from leading hotel in terms of the protocols uh, for COVID and all of this without interfering too much with the normal way of uh, doing hospitality. For example, at some point they were saying that we were not really allowed uh, to escort guests uh, to the room. They yeah. wanted by protocol to say to the guests that these are the keys, uh, <laughs> this is the way up to your room. <laughs> this was. What, for example, one of the many new requirement. But you know, we just talk to the guest and ask him, do you like us to escort you to the room, or you prefer for us, uh, because mm. you feel more comfortable to go on, yes. your, on your own. For example, so by communicating, by talking to the guest, then you then you solve ninety nine percent of uh, of the issue. Because if you don't offer the service, the hotel might look like. Uh, oh, the hotel is not as it used to be before, yeah, because now you know, they don't. <laughs> exactly. So we are learning this. We learn how to be more uh, open to the city because we had to uh, welcome more people eventually for lunch and drinks and breakfast too. Because the hotel, compared to restaurants, they were the first to reopen, also in terms of food and beverage. So restaurants were closed, but if you are hotel guests, then... Uh, you could uh, have lunch or dinner inside the hotel, so there were a lot of Italians, also local people, that do a nice uh, getaway escape in their own mm. city. Some yes. romantic uh, stay in Rome for locals, and it was yes. also a different way to approach uh, to approach uh, the, the business. Uh, but since then, the hotel in Rome was really one of the few to keep uh, open uh, all the time, uh, mm. because again, with the, because of the small size uh, and the more flexibility. Uh, that we had that was very helpful.
0: Yes. Great challenges also come with great opportunities. Has the pandemic unearthed any opportunities for JK Places?
1: True. Since uh The pandemic hit a few months after, I would say from September last year, So in the last nine months, I never had so many emails (laughs) and (laughs) phone calls uh, and LinkedIn and stuff from people from all over the world, from Australia to Mexico to Greece uh, to South America, Europe, uh, asking uh, us, uh, JK, if you are interested in uh, developing, opening, managing uh, hotels. So it's a very interesting uh, time in our business. I would say that especially I feel very lucky that we are in this niche of the market of the small hotels because uh, especially now because of uh, COVID people, I see that they prefer the idea of uh, privacy, intimacy, and not to be in big hotels, Uh, you know, the famous big buffet, uh, the big uh, pools with a lot of chairs, uh, the big uh, Enjoy probably more to be in a reserve, a more uh, secluded ambience where you can really be looked after and when things can be done just like uh, in a private home. And in this niche, there are not too many hotel operators, players in our businesses that are focusing on 30, 40 rooms uh, uh, hotel. So, yeah, I have to say that right now we are very uh, busy in finding uh, the right uh, way to approach uh The next uh, few years of our development, because each step for us, uh, it's a big step, (laughs) Uh, having only three hotels, uh, uh, each one of the next one coming, uh, that will be um, official and will be open, will be very important for the identity of the brand, for the appealing, for the guest uh, experience. So we are trying to be very careful uh, to make the right uh, choices.
0: Yes, how exciting. I agree with you. I think the concept that JK Place has was already uh, very much to everyone's interest. But post-COVID, uh, I think the concept of uh, JK Place will be even more to everyone's interest, just because of the privacy, exclusivity, the, the size of the properties. And uh, the destinations that uh, approach you, are those destinations as well uh, to your interest?
1: Yeah, most of them, uh, yes, absolutely. Some uh, are interest but maybe in more of a second or third stage of our uh, development plan when they ask me about uh, australia i would love right now dreaming to go to sydney <laughs> but uh, i know that unfortunately is not something uh, easy and uh, really so logical when we are in italy to think about an hotel in uh, in sydney so i feel very proud and uh, happy to talk with someone so far away that's thinking about uh, us, which is fantastic, but in a logical way would be more to be in Europe because uh, it, w- it would be easier for us uh, uh, to manage. Uh, but I'm dreaming about uh, do something in the Caribbean, something in the US, uh, uh, something in, uh, in in Mexico, which I think it's a fantastic country. So we will see next uh, where we are. And you know, each. A new property that we're going to, to open, to operate, to manage. It's, uh, it's, it's a long process. I mean, to open a hotel, even in Paris for us, from the first mm. day when I saw the building and when they offered it to, to us to the day that we open it, it, it took uh, more than five years. Because opening a hotel, it's, uh, even if it's a small one, just takes the same amount of time as a big one. Uh, it's the same permit. It's the same uh, financial uh, situation that you have to go through and the works and the timing and the, the, the delay is just a, a process that uh, takes uh, takes time. And that's also why when you see uh, an hotel opening or a new one, it will not be rebranded, reflagged or changed from uh, converted. You know, It's not uh, office building going to uh, residential, mm-hmm. then it's going to be an hotel and they're going to be a store. No, I mean, a hotel, usually it's, it's <laughs> a hotel. When yeah. you see uh, a store in a uh, the street, then the store may change a brand from Gucci to Prada to Nike uh, overnight. And the restaurant can be you know, uh, anything in, uh, in two days. They change uh, and and make it a new restaurant. Uh, a yeah. hotel is not like this. Once you have a hotel stay there uh, long uh, because it's uh, also by the uh, regulation of the city uh, Mm. and that will allow the yes or no to have hotel rooms uh, because it's always very contingency also in terms of uh, how many rooms that the city can can have like in florence Mm -hmm. in for example in italy florence venice but also in rome uh, you cannot just uh, buy a building and open uh, 80 rooms hotel you don't have the license to do hotels Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the city give a certain number of... It's, it's con, con, really a contingency, so you're not allowed. So yeah, so there is a lot of things that are getting into the picture uh, before you can finalize a deal to make a hotel. So it's always a long
0: process. Yes, it's definitely not easy to open a hotel, but uh, very exciting. And uh, perhaps your uh, childhood or intern dream... Will come true. You'll be able to work in different exotic destinations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, at, at some point. Or maybe it's better to give them a vacation treat because uh, <laughs> with my property in Capri, everyone is making fun of me in the summertime <clears throat> that I'm not working because I'm going to Capri. And uh, people don't understand that it's work. And actually, you're even suffering more because you're on a beautiful island, everyone is on the beach, everyone is on the (laughs) the pool, uh, enjoying uh, the Dolce Vita, the Italian lifestyle, and you have to work. So, (laughs)
0: that's right, that's right.
1: It's a beautiful place to work, but uh, sometimes it's better to work in the office and then go to Capri on vacation.
0: (laughs) 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 That's right. One of the most important key feeder markets for Italy and France is the USA, as you mentioned, but it's unlikely they'll come in numbers this year. Italy and France have also been a highly popular destination for the luxury Asian traveler, uh, of course, before COVID, who has a similar, if not higher, spending power. As we move forward, Towards border reopening, how important do you think the Asian market can be for your hotels in a mid to long term? Ori,
1: I think it will be extremely important uh, for the new uh, generation of uh, people. That uh, would be more uh, r- right now. Being a small boutique hotel for us, it's a little bit more uh, difficult to approach uh, the first generation of. Uh, uh, Asian traveling to Europe. I think there is a little bit of a, a language barrier, probably. And mm-hmm. so they prefer mm-hmm. to travel uh, in groups, they prefer to travel to hotels where they would feel that the mentality, uh, the approach uh, to, I don't know, I think about the Peninsula or Mandarin or uh, Shangri-La, hotels that probably, uh, even Rosewood, we have more. I remember uh, in, in New York, uh, having breakfast at the uh, Peninsula, and uh, mandarin different hotels in the morning when i'm in new york i always try other hotels and i saw uh, the menu with a lot of uh, uh, chinese and asian uh, uh, food in the menu for breakfast and i thought wow interesting you are in new york and instead of having the most famous uh, eggs uh, with uh, sausage and bacon right uh, you have a, a chinese uh, breakfast and it's easy to understand because uh, you are focusing also to welcoming people from this part of the world at the, in the morning for breakfast. They want to find the, also the possibility to eat something that they feel more in their comfort zone area, right? In Europe, and especially in Italy, this is not, uh, in Italy at least, uh, we have been uh, in the last few years, first there was a, a big wave of uh, German, for example, uh, next to Capri, there is this uh, beautiful island called Ischia, that mm. for many, many years, Ischia, was very much uh, an island loved by uh, the German, And still today, if you go to Ischia, the menu at the restaurant will be in Italian and German, and then maybe English. Because they have, and also Tuscany, where I live in Florence, uh, all the agriturismo, all the nice farmhouses, uh, they were discovered, Uh, by the the German that were driving down to Italy and they would stop and they would enjoy very much the farm and the land and the wine and you would find a lot of uh, German menus. So uh, now it's more English, okay? But soon it must be more Chinese (laughs) because uh, (laughs) they will travel more to to Italy and they will discover more of of Italy and we have to be ready to welcome them and to have uh, uh, people who can... uh, Welcome them uh, properly also with 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 the language and with the support of uh, the rooms and and the menu and the way you set up uh, the rooms uh, because that's the a big part of the next uh, future luxury travel which is already happening in big cities like Paris for example because it's very I was last week. uh, Visiting the beautiful store of Odemar uh, Piguet in Paris and he, mm. and one more than one person uh, working in the store, they had a uh, Chinese uh, heritage and the Chinese was the first uh, language because mm-hmm. that's, they are welcoming uh, people from asia to uh, to their store in Italy uh, it's starting now, but it's definitely part of the future of uh, the traveling.
0: Yes, I fully agree, and uh, the Chinese traveler has really evolved in the past year, like maybe like a few years ago, it was Chinese travelers uh, staying in international hotels that they feel comfortable with, but now as well exploring the luxury hidden gems, and as well uh, the Chinese used to travel in big groups and large groups, uh, but now more and more independently. But of course, like any nationality or any uh, traveler from a different country, we all somehow appreciate the little bit of comfort and attention. So as you said, the Chinese breakfast or the few amenities in the room, just making uh, the Chinese traveler feeling uh, welcome. But I uh, uh, good to hear that you see uh, all this uh, development in uh, your cities. Yeah, yeah. In a post-COVID world, it seems that the luxury traveler is seeking more space, privacy as opposed to larger-scale hotels, as we as well previously spoke about. Luxury travelers are looking for luxury homes and villas. It seems that JK Place fits this need perfectly. Do you see this trend as well? What's your take on this?
1: Well, yes, the one that are able, capable and willing to travel uh, now, right after COVID or during COVID, they have a no budget um, issue. Is Nothing is uh, linked to how much it costs. It's only mm-hmm. linked to the quality of the experience. Uh, so they want to stay comfortable. Uh, if before they stayed in a junior suite, now they want a suite. If they mm-hmm. used to go to a restaurant, uh, uh, one mission star, now they want three mission stars. Yeah. They upgrade uh, everything they're doing because everyone right now is understanding uh, how, uh, as we said before, the luxury of time. Uh, we lost uh, 18 months of no traveling, of no experience. And we lost, uh, and that's one point of view, without going too much into the people that we lost and the people that, that we care and, uh, and, and and all this uh, other real problematics. So being more superficial, people say, okay, now we travel, now finally we are in Paris, finally we can go to easily, finally we can go anywhere. Uh, I want to have a good time. I mean, I haven't been traveling for so long. Yeah. I want to have a, a nice room, nice size, comfortable. So this is what is um, happening now. Uh, people are uh, spending uh, extra money because the money is not the issue. They just want to make sure that they're going to have a, uh, a good uh, a good time, a nice experience, a nice uh, story to tell the friends, a nice memory to recover also the loss of uh, time they had uh, you know, last summer yes,
0: interesting that you see that I guess as well that people are going for less trips, less quantity of trips, but each trip, Count so more quality uh, per trip, and as you said uh, before, the past year we are were unable to travel, so everyone is trying maybe to make up time, but as well somehow pamper themselves and loved ones while they are uh, traveling. Even myself, if I think about the trips I made. Uh, especially the leisure trip, and then uh we went to many beautiful places, but we always stay only let's say four nights and I always ask myself, why did we only stay four nights? why we didn't stay longer I think uh really this um this covid this pandemic has really impacted us, and the way we'll, we'll travel in the future will be very different
1: yes, probably would be would be different. I also think that people. When things are going back to the new normal or to the old normal, then uh, we will we will s- s- just start to live uh, very similar to what we did uh, uh, before. For example, we many people said that the business uh, traveling uh, will be close to zero uh, because now everything mm. is done via zo- Zoom and the <laughs> conference call. At the same time, I also think that the CEO or the owners or the president of the companies, it's part of their life to travel. I mean, when uh, you are in the fashion business and every other week there is a fashion week in Paris, one in London, one in New York, one in Milano, it's part of your business to travel to meet people to see places uh, to understand uh, how people live in Rome how people live in Milano what they eat in Paris how they dress up in New York if you don't see it if you don't meet people if you don't if you're not socializing this way and people need it as well for their life i mean people love to be in the fashion industry because they know that they can travel and if it's not fashion it's art if it's not art it's uh, furniture if it's not furniture is uh, i mean any other business you you travel You experience, you see people. And when you had the chances before that you say, okay, tonight I will fly to Paris. Tomorrow I'm going to London. The week after, why in the next future, when things will be back available for people to travel so easily, why people should not do it? I -hmm. mean, I think they will do it. (laughs) Mm. Now they cannot. So right now you, (laughs) you don't do it just because you can't. But one day we reopen the borders and people will be free to travel. I believe uh, that people would love to, to go back to that craziness of uh, not stopping. Because I also, think, in terms of uh, the human mind, when you keep yourself busy, uh, when you don't have time to think, <laughs> when you are in this uh, continued rush and appointment and meetings and going from one place to the other, it's also helped to live. Uh, uh, I can say better when you stop and you think. Then uh, it's uh, also complicated <laughs> in a way, you know.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I agree. Uh, somehow, calls on Zoom and Teams cannot really replace personal meetings. And like, for example, if we had a call and I tell you, Ori, you know, China is really growing. It's a very potential market. You know, feel the energy. You would not feel anything until you step on a plane and come over. And I take you around and then you'll see, wow, it's uh, really happening here in China. So I agree, if without really seeing it and experiencing it uh, by yourself, it's uh, still very different.
1: Uh, yeah, the experience uh, is this uh, word that's been uh, overused. You know, we use the word luxury before and now it's experience. And it's complicated to really describe the meaning also of, of experience. But you definitely need needed to travel. I read once uh, an interesting uh, article about the difference about uh, uh, buying something uh, or experiencing something. Mm-hmm. It, it Tell us. It. <laughs> it, it, uh, I, I will try to explain it. It was uh, about uh, someone who dream about to have a Porsche. So uh, he go to the dealership and he is ordering the car. Uh, he's very excited uh, about choosing the colors of the car. And six months after the car is ready to be picked up, he go to the dealership, he pay the car, drive the car home, he's super excited to show it to, to uh-huh. his friends. But then the week after his neighbor is buying the new Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> so now oh, all, the, so now all the excitement he had, unfortunately, is like, Oh, what I'm doing now with the old one, like, uh, yes. isn't, Now, the same person goes to do a safari in Africa. So now you have all the excitement to organize uh, your trip to to Africa. You have the fantastic experience with the family and your friends uh, in uh, in an amazing uh, camp, and you see the animals, and you live the wild, uh, and it's really something that you never had uh, before. And when you're back home, you can share this for the rest of your life in any other dinner, in any other events, in any other situation. It's something that you can feel uh, comfortable by sharing with people.
0: It's yeah. something
1: that will be always in your heart and something that you don't, you know, in, in five years time, you would never go to your friend and say, oh, five years ago, I bought a Porsche. And now, I mean, what's the story? I mean, there is no story about the <laughs> <one's> a Porsche. <laughs> if you say to them, uh, five years ago, with, with my family, I was in Africa and they saw this, this and that and they done this, this and that. Oh, wow, interesting. I mean, it's something right. that you are happy to communicate, to share, to tell, and something that will be with you for, for, for forever. Uh, yes, that's right.
0: Even if the neighbor went to a safari, it doesn't matter. You share experiences, <laughs> right? You'll be happy exactly. for each other. <laughs> and that's why a lot of uh, luxury consumer or uh, even just the, the normal consumer, they uh, may even allocate a bigger budget for experiences rather than buying a certain product. Yes.
1: Yes, probably that's uh, people understand uh, more and more that it's uh, about what you can um, enjoy personally by experiencing things. There, there was also this fantastic uh, question about uh, if you have to choose uh, for your next uh, trip, for your next weekend uh, to travel somewhere. And you have to choose between staying in a fantastic hotel, like the most beautiful hotel you have stayed. But during your stay, everything that you eat, it's horrible. Like you can't eat anything because every time you go to a restaurant, to lunch, to a bar, to a snack, everything you eat during your stay is just really, really bad. But the hotel rooms, it's one of a kind. luxurious, is the most beautiful, the most comfortable bed, the best shower, like the best of the best. But food all over your stay, (laughs) it's really bad. Vice versa, you go for a nice weekend where the food, everything you eat, everything you touch, everything you experience in terms of food, the drinks, it's like the best. But the hotel rooms, it's so dirty that you don't want to sleep in the bed. You don't want to take a shower because it's uh, horrible and it's uh, really <laughs> dusty and <laughs> and it's uh, not comfortable. And you don't even want to see it and sleep in there and take a shower because you just feel that it's uh, scary. But the food all over, it's uh, it's phenomenal. So which one of the two would <laughs> you That's take? a very
0: difficult one, especially <laughs> for us, we're in the luxury hotel uh, space. If you say it's uh, not, not a nice design, you know, it's uh, dirty, you don't even want to take a shower, lie in bed or put the covers on. That's a very difficult one. I love my food, but the <laughs> hotel has to be reasonable, worry.
1: <laughs> I know Because in Italy, it's interesting, because when you ask an Italian uh, in September, because Italy Italian people go on vacation in August. Yeah. There's a big month of August where people go on vacation. So in September, when they're back from their vacation, and you ask your friends, uh, how was your vacation? The answer is, the food was good, or the food was bad. That's uh, the answer. You know, how was your vacation? Oh, the food was good. <laughs> you know, it's so the like
0: uh, very important
1: the, for the Italians. The food is is crucial. If the food was bad, the vacation was bad. If the food was good, the vacation was good. <laughs> <I wonder laughs> that's how if to that judge. Well
0: uh, for a business trip, how was your business trip? The food was good. So
1: <laughs> <then> <laughs> yes, somehow that's also yeah. Right.
0: You have mentioned that a JK place LA or New York would be a dream come true. What ingredients are required for this to happen Ori? we need to make
1: it happen. We need to make it happen and the ingredient is just a uh, timing when the time right will come as you tell will happen. I think that we can really do very well in the US and uh, in LA it's a place that I really feel it's a natural setting for a, a concept like uh, we developed here in Italy. And I personally love uh, California very much. And I hope one day to uh, to open a hotel in this part of the world. And they, it, it will happen. I don't know when, but it will.
0: Great. Yes. And you as well briefly mentioned about Europe. What other places in Europe are you eyeing at? In
1: Europe, uh, I would say that uh, now after Paris... Uh, uh, London would be a mm-hmm. very natural city for us to, to develop uh, next. Uh, at the same time, so JK have, uh, we can be both city, but also resort destination mm-hmm. because Capri is very much of a resort town. Yeah. And uh, I do think that places like uh, Saint Tropez uh, or Mykonos could be extremely appealed for our clientele for our target, for our market. So seasonal location and resort are also very much in our radar, and I think that we would love to be see uh, JK in one of these destinations. So it could be London, it could be Saint-Tropez, as I said, it could be Mykonos, uh, but also uh, in Italy it could be uh, Milan. Or, or Venice, um, I mean, uh, it, by chance happened that Italy really have a lot of uh, uh, opportunities for mm. us as well of, of growing uh, because it's a mix of a city, culture, resort, uh, lakes, uh, the countryside, uh, really have uh, an amazing uh, country that uh, would allow us to to bring JK in different uh, uh, location. So same DNA, just in a different uh, surrounded uh, area.
0: Yes, looking forward to your future announcements. Looking mm. back at last year, what would you say you are glad to have learned,
1: Ori? Last year, I learned that in difficult times, uh, the people that you can trust uh, and the one you can trust uh, less, I think, mm-hmm. was very much about the human uh, relationship. Mm. And that's one uh, very important uh, point I mean you I think that probably you already knew before but during a pandemic it's like doing a war when you realize uh, who yeah, more you know, <laughs> who, is, uh, who are the good and who are the bad and then I was really glad that actually I was able to to spend a uh, uh, 24-7 time with my family with my wife and the kids actually mm-hmm. my wife is uh, Uruguayan and so we were able to leave uh, Italy and to spend a few months in Uruguay during the pandemic. And at that time, uh, Uruguay was still uh, extremely uh, safe. And by being there with the family and our kids uh, and the aunt and the cousin and the grandmother and the grand... I mean, it was a really nice uh, time that usually, I would say, would not have happened if not for the normal two weeks of vacation. So it, it, it was really nice to have a family reunion, uh, even if the time was not uh, the best uh, mentally, I mean, business-wise, but in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, uh, family, it was really, really nice.
0: I'm sure. Before ending our conversation, I would like to ask you a few more personal questions. You can answer quickly or you can elaborate as much as you like, Ori. Are you ready? (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) You love art and unique pieces. What is your favorite place to make interesting discoveries?
1: I love, I really love, and I think it's one of the experiences, talking about experiences when you are in Paris, people must do. It's over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, to visit the Marché Puces, so the flea mm-hmm. market, yes. uh, which is really fantastic because every weekend you discover new things and it's uh, a unique uh, one-of-a-kind location where you discover from a vintage piece of uh, Hermès to um, <laughs> art, uh, furniture, everything. It's uh, really uh, a treasure in Paris. And most interesting is that every weekend is different because people are coming ah. and buying are taking away.
0: Yeah. And so
1: you will never find the same things. And it's big and uh, you can discover a lot, a lot of stuff.
0: Wow, and great uh, tip. So, the hidden gems in the Paris flea market.
1: Yeah, Marché Opus.
0: And uh, would you choose Bodega Garzon or an Antinori Chianti Classico?
1: (laughs) I love Uruguay. So, the Bodega Garzon is really in my heart. Antinori, it's in Florence. It's my hometown. Uh, (laughs) Difficult one. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> difficult. Well, uh, Antinori is Antinori, so we have to go with Antinori. <laughs>
0: Antinori it is, or just open another Borrega Garzon.
1: After. Yes, exactly, exactly both. <laughs>
0: That's right. And would you choose Fisher Island or Pantelleria?
1: Pantelleria. Well, I would choose uh, Formentera, I would choose another oh, island. Formentera. <laughs> oh. Fisher Island, uh, fantastic. Pantelleria was very nice, but Formentera is in my heart. And ah, I, I, okay. I wasn't there now for 10 years and I just came back last week with my wife and the kids. So mm. I think Formentera, yes.
0: Formentera it is. Mm. Ori, it was a true pleasure speaking with you today and thank mm. you for being one of our luxury voices.
1: <laughs> thank you so much really kind of you to having me chatting with you and to talk and uh, it's, it's a real pleasure thank you so much
0: thank you for listening to this episode of Luxury Voices if you have enjoyed it and found this episode useful please share it with your network like it rate it and help us spread our voices you can find information about today's voice and the podcast content in In the podcast notes, Luxury Voices is a podcast curated by Infinite Luxury Group, a luxury sales marketing communication specialist based in Asia. Please tune in for the next episode. Bye for now.